3: Welcome inside the PGP, the permission granted podcast, the show about the show, the show within the show. We always like to bring you behind the scenes on the DA. We do this each and every week. You can listen to us on the normal DA show podcast feed by simply searching the DA show and you'll see the PGP usually posted Tuesdays or Wednesdays. You can also listen to it on its own podcast feed. Search permission granted. Just subscribe to either one of those or both. Rate and review. That helps other people find the podcast. Today was quite the interesting day. We're going to start with Dong Candy. Stunt to a news was Bogish did a story about how in Tennessee, Portland, Tennessee, there was a neighborhood and one house gave out candy that was individually wrapped, but that was shaped as male anatomy. So we joked around that it was Bo Jackson shaped after Merez had unveiled last week that he named his his unit Bo Jackson as a child because that's where the chicken pox was. The genius
1: behind DA Show quotes tweeted this one in today. Oh. And as he described or she described, someone in the Portland, Tennessee area mm-hmm. reportedly gave out candy Bo Jackson's on Halloween. Parents posting on the local Facebook page that their kids came home with multicolored candies shaped like male parts. Oh no! Now thankfully, they were individually wrapped unlike Amy's cookies. Now the parents (laughs) believe they know which house the candies came from. The local sheriff and the police say they have not yet been contacted by anyone, So if you have it yet, I guess just give a quick, you know, look-see at your kid's candy bag just in case there's, I can't say it, uh, a Bo Jackson somewhere in there. This
2: is probably better than getting a hundred grand. Let's is it, be honest. Is it?
1: Is it? What? If it tastes it,
2: good, who cares?
1: It, it really? Says the guy that ate dog poop. <laughs>
2: All I'm saying it's like it's an innocent prank. You could laugh as a parent and then pop the Don candy in your mouth and oh, call it a well, day.
1: You, first of all, I'd have you it. would not go, oh, innocent joke. If one of your daughters came home with a candy shape like that, you would eat it afterwards, but you would not be okay well, with that I would ap- in her bag. I would absolutely laugh and I would say, can you
2: believe some joker did this? And then I would try it for sure. <laughs> then pop just, it in your yeah, mouth. Yeah. And I don't want
1: the dog to die. Let what are you
2: let think it's going to taste like? It's going to be watermelon or something like that. It's not going to taste like the Actual genitalia. <laughs> oh
3: wow. It must be three runs put together. A banana run <laughs> and two run. apples.
0: <laughs> no, no,
3: no, no. Runts oh, no. clusters. <laughs> runts
0: clusters. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> and he had you also you named all of your body parts after baseball players of the eighties as a child.
2: Well, I mean, named- <laughs> I named all of my chicken pox that, and then the grand finale was was what was down there, poking out of the water of the bathtub when I was getting the
3: oatmeal bath. Do you remember what the other chicken pox were named?
2: Yeah. I mean, and where they were on your body? Well, I mean, I was covered. I was covered. So, you know, if I had like five on my right chest, you know, like the guys you would expect, I mentioned, and I was serious, like a Matt
3: Noakes. So where was Matt Noakes?
2: Matt Noakes, I think, was probably upper right chest because I'm thinking of where I pictured first.
3: A solid young catcher for the Tigers back then.
2: Yeah, and we also had Mike Stanley was with him as well.
3: Mike Stanley was a pitcher.
2: No, Mike Stanley was the catcher for the
3: Yankees. Oh, that Mike yes, Stanley. Yes, and he was
2: also a Red Sox as well. Robin Yount was definitely involved. MVP I did,
3: from the Brewers. Yeah, it
2: kind of felt like we were representing everybody like an all-star game. Uh-huh. I can't believe I'm going down the hit list of this. Uh, also, another fan favorite of mine was Jesse
3: Barfield was uh-huh. on my <laughs> Hard-hitting, hard-swing Blue Jay and Yankee.
2: Um, and where
3: was that on your body?
2: I think that was probably a, to the right of my belly button. Okay. <laughs> For correctly. Uh-huh. Barry Larkin was also on my body. Was nice. a young Barry Slick Larkin. Fielding yeah. Cincinnati
3: Reds shortstop.
2: Barry Larkin was on my leg, and <laughs> that was interesting. <laughs> and, of course, Cal Ripken was... The Iron Man. He was always there, so he was on my kneecap because he was out there. Yeah, the, very nice. I had really bad chicken pox on my knee, so... Huh. I mean, honestly, I would really have to dig deep, but the one that always stood out because it never went away was Bo Jackson because obviously that wasn't a chicken pock.
3: Well, that's another layer to this as well. That you would name Bo Jackson what you thought was a chicken pock, but it wasn't. Well, I didn't
2: I didn't think that was a chicken pock, because that would give a lot of people the wrong idea. I don't know what went through my mind at first. Five years old. Whenever I was doing, but
3: this. didn't your mom fact check this? Because she was the one that suggested naming your chicken pox after baseball players. Because I w- then you'd have a good relationship yes. with them. I was
2: itching them too much. She tried to come up with anything. Knew I loved you know baseball players and reading the box. They wouldn't be a
3: negative. Like They'd be have positive connotation right. if so, you nicknamed them after your favorite players. Exactly.
2: So I would treat them like trading cards on my body. Exactly. And then when they went away, it was very sad. I don't know why I looked down and also named my package. I I specifically did it in the But you said because you
3: thought there was a chicken pox on it.
2: That's not what I said. You said that afterwards. All I said was I had chicken pox all over my body, and I looked down, and it was, I mean, look, it was small. It was pink. It was like a
3: chicken pox. (laughs) I knew it wasn't a chicken pox. Try not to get so graphic. But so your mom didn't say, like, no, 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 that's not a chicken pox.
2: No, my mom only gave me the idea. She didn't stand over me and and help me name them. That was all me. So there's no
3: cataloging by Nancy.
2: No, (laughs) that gets really creepy at that point. This was just my own personal thing, and then it's just something that stuck with me as I got older. Hey, Bo, how you doing? You know, hey, Bo, you don't know Bo. You know, I don't know. (laughs) It was a ridiculous thing that I did as a kid that just stuck with me.
3: So this story... I can't believe I'm clamming up talking about it because I understand how (laughs) awkward and ridiculous it is. So this story was kids in Tennessee were getting these individually wrapped... (laughs) Bo Jacksons. They were individually wrapped, penis-shaped... There it is. ...candies. And we were calling them Dong Candies. (laughs) Bogus was being very diplomatic about it, but I just went ahead and called them Dong Candies. And I did
2: as well in the best of intro, (laughs) so I don't think Pete was happy with that.
3: And I could see Pete's... Head, he, Pete's the one that is the worry, is worried the most about our, our verbiage and like getting into trouble and stuff. So his, his head hit the desk and he started laughing. Was he worried about us calling it Don Candies? So he said to me after that break, he
2: goes, I don't even know if Don Candies is allowed, but there was no point in me dumping it because we said it too much. (laughs) So we just had to own it. I think it's fine. What dongs, we can't talk about dongs. Like you're not saying the worst of the worst version of that. And dong, you could still say where if there was a kid listening in the car, who might be listening right now to this PGP, you could easily sell it as something else.
3: Well, I don't know. They what... make
2: cookie. Uh, don't they make uh, like uh, fake patient called ding dongs or something? Well, those are like
3: yeah, those are like yodels.
2: Right. So dong is used for I other
3: think, things. Ding, no ring dings. Is ding not a dong? ding dong. Maybe. I know
2: you're right. There is a ring ring ding, but those are circular. Yeah. I, I was thinking like almost like a devil dog, like a ding dong.
3: Maybe there's a ding dong, too. Well, dong is also is also used for home runs.
0: Yeah. So
3: that's how I thought we could get away with it on radio and sports. And
2: people do call hot dogs that you eat at Frankfurters dongs. Like that is a thing. We can laugh at all you want. Like people I'll take a dong there. Like, like I you don't think, know. You think? Do they? I, I mean, it might be said in a laughing manner, but I've definitely said, you know, give me a dong. I'll throw it on the bun. Like People definitely say that.
3: So dong candy. So so Baladi was a little worried, but just decided against dumping it.
2: He did. Well, because you also know if he dumped it, what would be the point? You were going to say it two seconds <laughs> later again anyway.
3: And that got us into quite the conversation about what flavor dong candy is. Does it does it have a dong flavor?
2: Oh, it says something about Major League Baseball and that is a far more <laughs> important conversation during the World Series.
3: Yeah. It was a very funny conversation which led us to advanced analytics. No, different. There's a different conversation on the show on Tuesday about the best type of pizza whether it's the New York fold the slice, whether it's the tavern style or the deep dish from Chicago. Now, the reason this was brought up because Layla Rahimi was our guest from Chicago to talk about the bears and the bulls. And I asked her her favorite deep dish topping, and she said tavern pizza is the best. Before I let you go, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about your favorite deep dish pizza topping. If we went to Pequod's Pizza right now, that's the place that I've gone for deep dish pizza in Chicago. They offer extra cheese, pepperoni, fresh garlic, Onion, ground beef, jalapeno, mushroom, sausage, green pepper, anchovies, spinach, green olives, Canadian bacon, black olives, fresh basil, tomato, pineapple, or extra sauce. Moraz, where do you go for your favorite extra topping on a deep dish?
2: It's a two, It's a double play. It's always sausage, fresh garlic, and I can't have nothing else but that on my deep dish.
3: Uh, Lalo, what would you vote for here?
1: Well, first of all, gentlemen, I'm going to challenge you mm. because I spent some time in the East Coast and I like thin crust pizza as much as the next person. Fold and go is the way of the future. Mm. They also do a tavern style pizza in Chicago. That's thin crust and you cut it into squares, and that is my favorite. Really? Because a non-committal to the slices, you can get many slices and not have <laughs> that full feeling. B gotta go sausage and pepperoni and see the sauce is major key here so I like extra sauce on my pizza but yeah, I go tavern style preferentially
3: sausage pepperoni extra sauce Meraz take that I like it I appreciate I it I do too I tavern do tavern style man it's the way to go tiny slices tiny slices tavern style take it from Layla Rahimi I want you to define for me what Tavern Pizza is.
2: So Tavern Pizza, I guess depending on what part of the country you're from, you might call it, you know, something different. I I think a lot of parts of the Northeast would just actually call it a flatbread pizza, so to speak. You know, like some people might make it with the actual pizza crust, but it's very, very thin, square-like. Oh, square, not round? Well, it can be round if it's a very thin crust. It's not going to be your New York style. It's typical with the puffy crust. The whole thing is very, very thin. Uh, I would almost compare it to, but a much higher quality version, like the Elio's frozen pizza, how it's kind of like that rectangular. You cut them up and you do that. So a lot of times the bars now will do that because it's very simple. If you don't have a pizza oven, they can be made in regular ovens in that way. And it's very thin on the bottom, thin all around. And if you get it placed, like she said, you want a couple different versions you're not committing to a full triangular slice of a typical pizza pie. You know, oftentimes the pizza cutter, I mean, it could be sliced into however many pieces you want because you're not following a curriculum, if you will, of going around a circle and cutting into eighths. So if you have a sausage here, a pepperoni here, a veggie here, all right, I'll take two little squares of the veggie, two squares of the squ- of the cheese, which is what she was alluding to. Uh, where we are right now in the Northeast, a lot of times you won't necessarily call it tavern pizza. Some might call it bar pizza. But a lot of other places will make it and just call it simply flatbread pizza, which is just instead of using the pizza crust, it's like almost like the flat pita and you'll cut it the same way.
3: I've heard it called, I guess, bar pizza or pub
2: pizza. Pub Right. Bar pizza is another one. It's very pub pizza, I guess, makes sense, but I've definitely ordered bar pizza.
3: I'm not a huge fan because my favorite part about pizza is usually the the dough, the crust. Right. Or a deep dish is like how how robust all of the flavors are. Yes. The sauce is so rich. The cheese is so no gooey. The meat on there plus the the dough, it's like a pie. It's like right. a real – so I don't I don't know. That
2: like well, it, it's, it's a different type, and this is actually a deeper conversation, which is we peel back the curtain, which is why I think a little differently than Layla. Personally speaking, I'm a New Yorker that prefers Chicago deep dish to New York pizza. I really wow. do believe that. I, I understand it's a little more filling. It's different. You need 45 minutes or so to get a whole pie. Fork and knife. Right. Fork and knife. You can't just go in, order one singular slice, get out. There's a different process to it. My issue though with tavern bar pizza, flatbread pizza, or anything else compared to it is to me, that's like you're saying, it's not pizza. It's it's a different kind of thing. Like if you're in the mood for pizza, you don't go, oh, that's what I want. It's just it's a different item that's in the pizza family. So she, I get her preference for it in that she likes the sampling of the different flavors and you're not committed. But ultimately, I kind of look at it the same way. I look at you know like a chain like Domino's or Pizza Hut. Now, we might be snobby New Yorkers or New York pizza, but if I want Domino's and Pizza Hut, it's not because I want pizza. It's because I want Domino's or Pizza Hut. So I would say the same thing for a bar mm. pizza. It's I'm in a bar. Yeah, I could go with that with a beer or two. This makes sense. Or this flatbread pizza looks good. But I'm not having it because I'm in the mood for pizza. If I wanted pizza, I would get your fold-in whatever or your deep dish.
3: Yeah, I'm not so New York pizza snobby. I really like a deep dish pizza. But also, I'm not a Little Caesars guy. I'm not a Domino's guy. A Papa John's, you could probably get by in college. We probably had a lot of Papa John's. But I have very positive connotations with Pizza Hut. Me too. When I was young, a real fun day out with with my mom and my brother and my sisters when she brought us to Pizza Hut or my grandma would bring us to Pizza Hut. So that might once every couple of months maybe, maybe twice yeah. a year we would go to Pizza Hut. But sitting down having like the pitcher of soda, having those low hung lights over you at each table. Yep. And then I guess it's – is it a pan that it's coming in Yeah, so or it com- a skillet? So it comes out in a pan, and now there were two different pizza huts. I don't
2: know where you grew up it was the same thing. So it would come out, you would order the pan, and it kind of had the triangular yes. spatula to pull it out. And then we also had the ones by us that were the pizza buffets that you would go to. Which oh, would yeah, be, we
3: never did that.
2: So it would be the similar way. They would have the pan. Somebody would keep bringing out new ones, depending on and you kind of had a sampling of every flavor pizza plus – Pizza Hut had a great breadsticks when we grew up. Mm-hmm. Those were a big thing with like a little salad. But, yeah, it would come served on the table and you basically have like a pan risen up, if you will, yeah. sat high. And you got in there and it was something about that fake cheese coagulating, that soda with the ice melting in the pitcher. You're right. The lamp setting, the old school red over top. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a very nostalgic thing. You think Pizza Hut, you think glowing puck in hockey on Fox. It's, that's the way I look at it.
3: And the pizza was pretty good. I mean, I know I was young, but it's very buttery or oily at the bottom. It's, it's golden brown under that black skillet. So then you pick it up. The cheese comes along with it. Like, that's a pretty good slice. All right, it's not a New York City authentic slice, but it's a pretty good slice of pizza. So I've never been a pizza snob.
2: I, I agree with you. And I never understand that. And there's a lot of people, again, where we are from specifically that, you know, the oh, how could you do that? You know, you bite in, you don't bite into it, spit it out. In the end, it's cheese melted, it's sauce, it's a buttery, flaky crust. Like it's impossible to make that not feel like it tastes pretty good. You might feel awful after. Maybe you have one too many slices, and maybe you don't feel like you're getting the authentic of cheese and sauce that's been sitting in a pot all day. But in the end, that's not that easy. I mean, not that easy to hate. Like it's it's not hard to screw up.
3: So Pizza Hut's trying to go back to retro now. They're trying to do the whole when well, they do the commercials with. Um Craig Robinson okay. from The Office, and he's a comedian, hot tub, hot tub, hot time, tub machine. time machine. Right. He's now promoting the old school Pizza Huts. He's in front of the old red Pizza Hut, lowly lit, low hanging lamps. And so they got the retro feel back and the logos back. They must be hip to the fact that. There's a lot of nostalgia around old Pizza Hut.
2: Yeah, well, and nostalgia in general is in...
3: Especially in food.
2: Yeah, food. I mean, think Dunkaroos have made a comeback. Uh, <laughs> Ecto Cooler and Surge had their little mm. comeback a little while ago. You have a lot of people who now have the money to spend on things that want to go back and relive their glory days. So I think that's a good move for Pizza Hut. I would be into going to an old-school Pizza Hut. Unfortunately, a lot of the ones, I don't even know where I would find one near my, me now. Domino's are like the biggest thing in my neighborhood, and... Honestly, if it's not midnight and we're all hammered, I don't know why I'm going to the well of that. So but I, if I find a retro pizza, I would love to sit down a little dimly lit lamp and get the spatula <laughs> out let's go. And you're right about the pitcher of soda, too, that you know, that bowling alley type Yes,
3: deal. yeah. So this led to Advanced Analytics, which had a couple of very funny stats about your favorite pizza or just pizza in general, and it brought up the story about apparently at our outset, I guess this was when we were still doing overnights, And Doug Gottlieb was doing afternoons on CBS Sports Radio. Well, this
2: was when we got moved to evening. So years three, three and a half, four. Oh, you You remember this altercation? Oh, because I was in there. Yeah, for sure. Because I would come in, we would air from 6 to 10 p.m. Eastern, and I would get to the studios by 2 p.m. Eastern. Boy, those are days, four hours before a show. I mean,
3: that would never happen again. No,
2: no. I mean, I had other actual newsroom duties to the station, but still. So 2 o'clock, so the pizza would come at like 3 o'clock. So I paid witness to it. So this had to have been, <laughs> let's call it 2015, the year of the yak ordering pizza. Uh,
3: so Rich Ackerman yeah. is an update anchor that does afternoon updates here on the, on the CBS Sports Radio side of things, has since we launched. He, on a Friday, had ordered a pizza pie, probably from John's on Yes. Because yeah. that's his favorite spot.
2: Yeah. and bef- Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, it was John's on Bleecker until they were mean to him on the phone one day, <laughs> and then he switched to Joe's for a bit, and then eventually went back to John's. Supply. I just think that was a big deal. They're not good my business. You know, that was that thing. So,
3: Ack, who actually is very generous, Ack routinely buys things for the newsroom, specifically on people's birthdays. Yes. Wanted to buy a pie for the newsroom. Now, we've always shared a newsroom with with WFAN in some way now we used to have the bullpen the uh the arm barn the arm barn set aside a little bit but it was still almost connected to the WFAN right. newsroom
2: if not more open and welcoming too very walk much so a walkway
3: yeah and so Ack bought one pie and infamously The way that our associate program director, Dave Marinick remembers that it was a five-slice takedown. You remember it as a six-slice takedown.
2: Now, I know this was one time with six, so maybe he went overboard once and five was the norm.
3: Okay, so either way, Doug had a reputation for crushing a lot of slices of pie that Ack had purchased. And in this case, you remember six slices of the eight-slice pie being eaten by Gottlieb. (laughs) And Ak was furious at this. Now, I again, I beg the question, (laughs) is it a little gluttonous to eat six slices? Probably. I mean, I could probably get through three before I started feeling really sick. But you can't buy one pie for a newsroom at that time. There must have been five people in the newsroom for CBS Sports Radio and at at, mo- at least, and then you combine that with at least another five for WFAN, and it's the middle of the afternoon.
2: Yeah, and again, the whole key was the time he was ordering it. So by ordering at three in the afternoon, you had the crossover, right? Like people like us for the evening had started the setup shop. People in the afternoon had not yet left. So there was no telling, actually, how many people would be there, but certainly more that you should order one pie. And as one of our associate directors had come in after the show to pick up on us, in Ack's mind, he believed that, you know, we were in, living in a one-slice-per-person world.
3: Who's ever lived in that world? Well,
2: here would be the other art. And he's right because I remember this because I remember debating this with Ack about the number of slices. And his point was the reason I'm ordering it at the time I'm ordering it is it is a snack. You are not at dinner yet. You are not at lunch. But asking a bunch of, you know, let's face it, slobs in sports radio— to see a New York City pizza on a Friday delivered and have the wherewithal to go, Yeah, I better hold in on how I got dinner plans no at seven. Chance. There's no way it's gonna happen. But Look, and Mac would never say anything to Gottlieb's face too. We would always face the brunt of it after when he went in and started a show. You know, he would come out of break, have his slices, and then we'd get it from Ack, where he'd be upset that he, you know, ate all those slices. <laughs> and week in a week out, stop ordering the pizza then.
3: Look, I'll I know that Mike Francesa has at times taken runs at me and been critical of me on the air. Ultimately, I think fences were mended because on his final day, the first retirement, they booked me on the show to say <laughs> a so long to Mike. He then ultimately came back two more years. I didn't get the didn't get the call to salute him the second time. But for every opening Thursday of NCAA March Madness, Mike annually bought pies for the whole newsroom and then some how many pies did Mike buy at least 20 now granted he made at his peak probably 2 million bucks a year right and right. Oh, all right so maybe that was less than that half of that a quarter of that by the by the end of the tenure but he always did this making a lot of cash my point is is still a very generous move and it's understanding the audience you don't buy one slice for the newsroom or one pie for the newsroom. You buy 20 pies for the newsroom. Right. I'm not asking Act to buy 20 pies. But one guy realizes we need 20 pies. That's 160 slices. Right. So much so that
2: I, I witness people throw a pie under their shoulder and bring them out. How <laughs> many extra? Ray Martel. Uh, there have been plenty of those.
3: Right, yeah. So, so you're telling me that Francesca... Bought 160 slices and Ack bought eight. And Ack thought that that was going to be fine for everybody?
2: Yeah, it's just you you can't half-ass it. Let's face it. If you want to be generous and do the nice thing, you got to at least overcompensate somewhat. You're right. Not 20 pies. I think two pies would be two fair. Two pies is fair. Totally. At that point, if it goes out and somebody's had too many, you live with it. But one pie, you're you're leaving no margin for error. No. What's this, what this, and also, I have always come from this school, and this was my grandmother's thought, uh, and I always think of it when I have people at my house. And this is where we make jo- jokes about my football Sundays and gluttonous and everything. I would rather you leave my house not feeling like you have to run to McDonald's on the way home because you felt guilty about grabbing the last something. I would rather deal with the leftovers in my fridge and know that Nobody felt anxious about, oh, I don't know, we're running out of this. I should grab this. If you're going to commit and order the pizzas, just order the two pies. If four slices sit there till midnight getting cold and coagulated, so be it. Who cares if you leave in his four slices that somebody in the overnight eats cold? Like, I, You'd rather that than somebody come in knowing it's, you're ordering pizza and then go, damn, it's all gone already, which would happen more times than not because it got
3: leave. We did a stunt to a news last week, I think it was, where the guy – bought a season's pass to a theme park in California <laughs> and used it as his meals every day because it was if I don't if I remember correctly 199 bucks for the summer or the year, annual pass right and that included two meals a day and unlimited drinks maybe
2: yeah but i think it was like specifically soda yeah. iced tea water right
3: so he, he used this for like eight years or something and used this pass. Now, he had to drive to the amusement park every single day for lunch, go back to work, drive back for dinner every single day. But, of course, for 199 bucks, he ate a meal, two meals a day every day for like eight years, and it happened to pay off debts and cars and stuff like this his education while doing so. So he's kind of a hero. I said, why don't we try to get this guy on the show? Did you ever look into
2: that? So I did. I'm glad you brought this up. Here's the problem of getting him on the show. I have now done eight different article researches on him. The big problem, he doesn't give a last name yeah, at all. He's I kind of anonymous. That. It's Dylan. That's his name is Dylan. And it's in California he's in California. And, you know, I tried to even do like Facebook social media searches to see if somebody bragged about this on social media. And I think I've come to a hypothesis conclusion in that one of two things is the case. Either he his name really is Dylan and he doesn't want to be found a because he still wants to do this and doesn't want him being singled out and some kind of deal happen or his job maybe didn't know he was leaving the head to a theme park all the time who maybe on sales calls who knew what he was doing or number 2 Dylan's not even his real name and he really really doesn't want to be tracked down like that.
3: I would reach out to the author of the original interview. Okay. And ask them, hey, we understand if Dylan wants to keep a low profile, but we'd love to have him on the air. Would you mind sending over his contact information or asking him if he'd like to do a radio spot? Okay. That's a good approach. And we will protect his identity if he needs his identity protected. Okay. Because I would, we would love to know yeah. the thinking behind what what's your strategy at eating at an amusement park twice a day.
2: You're right. And remember, I mean, this is only coming to my mind now, and this would be for really, really diehard old school DA show listeners – There was a time, I guess like seven years ago, we had like somebody who claimed to be a formal NFL player write a concussion book that did the entire interview in a voice modulator. Do you remember this? Oh, yeah. Like that's how anonymous (laughs) they wanted to be kept. He was like, you know, Mr. Anonymous, I think was written. And he did the entire interview in a voice modulator. So if we have to go that level with Dylan, that might work too.
3: We can do that. It might even be better that way. It actually would. Yeah, trying to keep his identity concealed.
2: Oh, how good is that!
3: So we should reach out to him. Did Elvira's people ever get back to on Friday's show, the Spooktacular? We had her booked, and then unfortunately, she had a, a flight change.
2: Yeah, which look from a producing st- standpoint, I you know you get a call. I think it was by four o'clock the afternoon before we got this. She's in. Would love to do it, and you. Would, it's her time to shine. It's Halloween. That's her day. That's her day to do tours. Set up the whole thing, gave us the plug for the book. Here's the time, here's the number. They called an hour before she was going to come on, or two hours before she was going to come on, the PR department. She had to change her flight. Now she was going to be in the air all morning. So we haven't had anything back from there. I didn't know where we left it. Also, to be honest, once Halloween passed, are we doing a Christmas Elvira? I mean, where, (laughs) where? Or is it just one of those, can we keep in touch for next year? You know, I don't know where. From the sports radio producing aspect.
3: I don't know if it makes... Yeah,
2: and not for... not, You know, you're Elvira. I'm sorry. you got to think time runs up on you once you hit November.
3: you got to be available on October 31st. Don't book a flight. And that's it.
2: Wherever you are from October 28th to October 31st, stay put. Yeah. Like, that would be my advice. Do all the interviews. Yes. Be in position of where you need to be.
3: First thing November 1st, you fly out wherever you want to fly out. Right.
2: Go to Barbados. Who cares? We don't want to talk to you for another year. (laughs) By the way, I'm talking as if I knew who Elvira was a week earlier. I didn't you didn't know? know. I, I had no idea. And Baladi's been riding me about it. since.
3: Really? What's he saying?
2: I still don't understand how you didn't know who Elvira was. I mean, for a guy who only watches The Goonies and Ghostbusters, I, you know, he's killing me that I don't know who Elvira was. I don't know. I, just, I guess it was pre- a little pre-before-my-time, maybe.
3: Well, you guys always get on me for not knowing modern pop culture. Is it possible Pete's as dated as I am?
2: Yes. Yes, I think Pete's better at modern pop culture than you, but by a slim margin. Okay. I am of the belief that Pete Pete's like a year older than me. I was born in 87. I think he was born in 86, 85. But I think Pete's house growing up never left the 80s. So in other words...
3: Like the Goldbergs?
2: Yes, I think that his parents loved what they loved in that era of having Pete, and then I don't think they adopted the 90s. I think... Yeah, he just kept watching. It was almost like Brendan Fraser and Blast from the Past. Like they had this bunker, and it was just the same things kept getting watched. And you know, they you know, sign who needs Seinfeld? We got Alphon. You know what I mean? I think it just it <laughs> kept with that. That's kind of the vibe I get.
3: I know Pete's always a great audience for an eighties reference because I have plenty of them, and he always lasted them. But he's yes. also he's also really good about pre eighties too. Like his pop culture knowledge goes from like nineteen eighty nine backwards is so weird. He knows like the 70s, the 60s, the 50s. He's good with that. Look, we all have our things.
2: I can name chicken pox if they're 90s baseball players, I could tell you what happened in random football games from 98. Pete will tell you what happened during the second filming of ET in whatever year, but you're right. I don't know what how it sunk in his brain. It has to do with how he was brought up. There's, there's something there with his parents and all these pop culture shows and everything that just resonates with him. And also, I think to this day, he gets home from work, and I don't think he's putting on NFL Network, per se, or putting on whatever new shows on Netflix. I think he's going back to the well of the old shows like you do.
3: Yeah, he's definitely watching old reruns. He loves old reruns. I
2: mean, he's the one making Matlock references.
3: I wanted to bring this up. This bit is great. Every week now for three straight weeks Trash Tuesday, Pete's Trash has been the IRS— and he plays the Matlock theme song because the IRS has not delivered him his return, and he filed on time back in April. They still haven't filed his return yet, so he's owed cash. Bilotti, who are you trashing?
0: Pete the body Bilotti takes on the IRS. Week three.
3: Yes, folks, at
1: that time again, I still don't have <laughs> <laughs> still don't have my
2: tax return. And Pete the Body wants to buy a Peloton. Oh, so uh, please, will the IRS just send us our tax return? We
0: are good citizens of the United States of America. We would like our tax return. It is November 2nd, 2021, and Pete the Body and his wife does not do not have their tax return. Please, I beg you, IRS,
1: send us our tax return. Thank you very much.
3: Oh, break out the hazmat suit. It's our weekly installment of Pilates <laughs> trash in the IRS. We're not getting his return on time. <laughs> why are we playing the Matlock theme song?
2: Well, we've investigated it already. They, it hasn't come, so I don't know why. It's an
3: investigation. Th- that, that's the hook here?
2: I I my understanding is it's Pete's investigation as to why it's
3: not come. I see. Okay. And I, I actually
2: see. asked Pete, this is we're taping this on <laughs> Tuesday. I on thought t- maybe
3: there was an IRS episode of Matlock. I
2: don't I don't think so. And I asked Pete this, I said, Pete. Do you think we get to a week where it's like, okay, we get it. You have to do another Trash Tuesday because we're all coming up with new material every week. And his point back to me was somebody at some point who knows somebody in the IRS is going to hear this Trash Tuesday. Oh, really? And I'm going to keep going until that happens. So he happens.
3: thinks it's going to be effective.
2: Well, that's his, his – this is his outlet. He said, this is my only way. And he said, at some point, somebody who knows somebody in the IRS is going to hear this Trash Tuesday and bring it up. And it will be looked into. And that's his hope.
3: I think it's hysterical. Yeah because we all do our trashes and they they you know they're always just the same type of things we gripe about every right. single week and then you get to Pete and automatically <laughs> and <it's got> production <laughs> now. yeah did you know about the production no was that Waller who voiced it no i think that was
2: Doug Desher our program guy <laughs> i thought you had that put in there <laughs> oh. that that's what got me on the air
3: on tuesday when i heard that i said like i go we with this is produced pieces now? Pete's producing his own stuff <laughs> for this one bit to rag on the IRS every Tuesday.
2: Which is funny because usually you know, you have to th- put some things up the chain of ladders to give <laughs> these production guys time to read stuff. And Pete's like, nope, this is more important. We need this done. It's amazing. Yeah.
3: Wow. It's a great bit.
2: When does it end, though, is the question.
3: Um, um, not until he gets paid. Not a day before. But when do you think he gets paid? That's the question. I don't know.
2: I'm going to say he gets double the refund this year.
3: They're going to reward him for waiting.
2: No, no, no. I mean, like when he gets his next year's.
3: Oh, you mean so? In twenty twenty two, he gets 2021's yeah. return.
2: We're in November second. We got two months left before we have to file or you know start getting our W twos again. I think time's up. I don't <laughs> think they're cutting any more checks this year. They're probably going to go back into the pot next year and go. Okay, we stole this one from next year. His his last year. His this year. I think th- this really could go into April. It's November.
3: <laughs> I, he,
2: nothing else is going to bother him for Trash Tuesday?
3: I, yeah, that's true. Uh, Pete is really interesting and hysterical when it comes to minutia, And I love minutia. It's like my favorite thing to talk about. Because my trash today was this company. I'm trying to get a a wood-burning insert installed in my house, which is what you use in a— Old school fireplace to actually create heat in your house because an actual fireplace does not throw off heat; it actually sucks heat out because it uses so much oxygen. So, if you wanted to heat a house, you, you know, you, a fireplace is for ambiance; it's not for heat in the house. So, we want to put in a wood burning insert. So, you put wood in there, and it kind of throws a lot of heat. And so, we go to commercial break, and you guys are out of the studio. And Pete's like, he's like, yeah, yeah, you know what? Uh, he said something about the resale value of the house with it, and he's like, you know, the, the next buyers can do some. Construction to it if they if they don't like it because that was one of the things that right. this guy He's was trying it. to dissuade me. Uh, if we do construction on this, the you know you can't undo it if you sell the house. I'm like I'm not worried about selling the freaking house. Just put this thing in. Pete said something about this, and then we got into however Pete's solar panels. the Pete has solar panels,
2: of course.
3: And then so uh, so I was like oh so do they credit you you know or do they put it towards an energy farm a solar farm and then you kind of get the credits back and so we were talking about this and like. We got into the monthly savings based on his app that he has in his phone with the solar panels. And I'm like, it's just the most Pete Ugh. conversation ever. Uh, how how many dollars and cents are you saving per month looking at your app with solar panels? But, like, Pete's great at that conversation.
2: Yeah. And it's, he's passionate about he it, He is, too. yes.
3: That's why he's great at it. He's passionate about minutia. Which is
2: great. If you were to ask me anybody in the show who fully committed to the solar panels and how they're saving him, I would have said, it's definitely Pete. Definitely Pete. Guy guy tries to run me down at Costco every dumb amount of time. I don't have time for this. I'd rather spend three hundred extra dollars a month than be bothered at the end of the Costco or Home Depot and have the guy run me down.
3: So I think we've got a bubbling Schwartz meat on the bone for Wednesday.
2: Well, yes, and not only <laughs> not only bubbling. I'm not going to reveal what it is yet. We've also now learned, da, you got. There's no more Lincoln Schwartz tweets. You got to screenshot these because it, we, there's been like four in the last two weeks that have vanished, huh. absolutely vanished. Some of which I, you know, thank goodness were screenshots sent that we actually touched on on a previous meet on the bone. So I'm going to leave this as words. Otherwise, we have a bubbling meet on the bone. But if you see something else that might be good for meet on the bone. Screenshot them, please, because they are vanishing in a hurry.
3: There is a, a phrase in New York to counterterrorism that says, "See something, say something." <laughs> we want to tell you, yes. see something, screen something. Yes, make sure you screenshot whatever you see from Pete, because what's happening is he is he's firing off aggressive tweets, getting clapped back, and then he's deleting them.
2: And not only that, videos, I'll put it on the table right now. I will put it, because it annoyed the heck out of me. (laughs) I went to bed Sunday night saying I have the perfect third sound check clip for football Monday morning. And it was Peter Schwartz at the Jet Bangle game with his kids, trick-or-treating in Munaki, New Jersey, who knows. (laughs) And Peter, after the Jets beat the Bengals, screaming into his phone, who that? Who dat going to beat the Bengals? The Jets. So, of course, if you follow any of this, who dat is the Saints? Uh-huh. Who day going <laughs> to beat the Bengals is the Bengals? And I, it was so perfect to roll on this and crush shorts <laughs> for not knowing the difference and screaming a Saints chant after they beat the Bengals. And I wait, I get into the studio on Monday. I'm like, didn't even fit. I'm like, I already know I have one sound check. And it's gone off every platform gone and this speaks to a couple other tweets he had he must have
3: heard that it was the wrong channel. people
2: had to respond to him and he realized he looked like an idiot and he took it down so when we say you see something say something even if it's a video roll on it because you never know when we could use it on meat (laughs) on the bone
3: so roll on if you see a pete video somehow get your audio recording equipment out
2: we won't use everything (laughs) but if it's good we'll use it it's got to exist
3: what i guess you have to do is pull it up on your on your computer and record it on your phone. Yes. Then you can send it to us.
2: Yes, and we'll bump up the audio levels. Look, we don't like playing bad audio, but if it's Schwartz, we'll figure out a way to get it working.
3: <laughs> One last thing. If the Braves clinch the World Series championship, we are celebrating the end of the Atlanta sports curse by making waffles in honor of Waffle House, a Georgia and Atlanta staple. I've got an Atlanta Falcons apron and chef's hat being shipped to my house today. There were no Brave chef hats, no Braves aprons that I could get overnighted. There was no Waffle House stuff that was available until next week, unfortunately. So I had to settle for a Falcon's apron and chef's hat. We have perfect. We have Billy Jocalone. Who
2: doesn't even know. Doesn't
3: know. know. (laughs) He's going to be slinging waffles for us with your waffle iron in the studio.
2: We've already declared this and recorded this, and Billy has no idea we volunteered him for it.
3: So, either we're going to be eating waffles to exercise Atlanta sports demons on Wednesday morning, Thursday morning, or on Thursday morning, we're going to be eating waffles as sorrow waffles.
2: Waffles are getting eaten one way or
3: another. Yeah, we're definitely making these waffles. So, I don't know what's going to... I don't know how it's going to play on Thursday morning when the Astros have won in seven, and we've only worsened the Atlanta sports curse with Billy Jack alone taunting everybody in a Falcon chef hat.
2: Well, in the end, we don't know if Atlanta's <laughs> gonna be annoyed at us, Atlanta's gonna be joyous with us, but we will be full. That will yeah. be that'll be the bottom line.
3: We're gonna do our best here. So we're we're preparing for you guys to win, and I'm gonna bring in some chocolate chips so that we can have chocolate chip waffles.
2: Oh, man. I got the batter, the stick spray. I might even have to get some vanilla extract to make sure this batter goes. Oh down wow yeah, it's a little Little hint you get there.
3: Which means that Tuesday morning we would have had barbecue. Pork. And I'm and we're gonna get into that at some point in the show. <laughs> and then Wednesday or Thursday waffles, chocolate chip waffles. So it's yeah. been a big week.
2: Yeah, we're ahead of the game, trying to lose weight ahead of the holidays, so things are going well here.
3: What happened with the barbecue will definitely be dissected on the show. It's definitely an on air segment. I just want to know Pete has been on a pretty stringent diet, has lost twenty five pounds. I brought in leftover pulled pork, smoked pork from the smoker from from over the weekend on Sunday. I made it for football. And so today's Tuesday. We had it Tuesday morning. I brought in some buns, barbecue sauce, et cetera. Did Pete actually eat enough to know whether it was good or not? Or did yes. he just, was he just polite and kind of threw it out?
2: No, no, no. He ate. I watched him eat a whole half, but he had the amazing discipline to only eat a half wow. of what was delicious pork. So I give him a ton, a ton of credit. We'll get into me, who essentially I'm like Newman with the muffin bottom episode, or the muffin top episode. They call him the cleaner. I can make problems disappear. That
3: was amazing. Okay, well, Atlanta, we're trying. We're, we're trying to pull for you by making waffles in an Atlanta Falcons chef hat. So you can't blame us, okay? Here comes Bogues on Side B.
2: It's Side B of the BGP. This is Mraz. How are you? Executive producer of the DA Show. Host here on Side B, the PGP, with my man, Andrew Bogish. Bogey. hello. Hell,
1: you're always yelling. You're always yelling.
2: I'm trying to get us uh, amputated. here. Yeah, no, amputate all of us. Yeah. Take it all Let's off. Go off. Let's, Let's do get, it. Let's get fired up. Yeah. Okay. The pretzels are gone. These pretzels are making me thirsty. How about that? Your wife's plan originally, which is so ironic, I don't think it was hammered home enough on the show, Get pretzels so that when we're left with extras, at least I'm left with something I want to eat. Pretzels, and not a bunch of candy. Katie
3: Bogish, who I love, I just love Katie. She's a spitfire. She's fun. She's energetic. She's funny. She's smart. She runs the household. She's got two wonderfully smart kids. She's just the best. I mean, bogish has told the story like he's had to chase. He had to chase her like for six years until she said yes. Yeah. Mm has decided on Sunday she will make the devastating decision to hand out pretzels on Sunday to trick-or-treaters pretzels folks how can you let this happen in your household
1: yeah I I mean for the reasons you just laid out I'm not in charge of these things but I think I might have to overrule the missus I mean this is what was
3: her reasoning
1: her reasoning is she doesn't want any more candy in the house post Halloween. On top of what the kids are gonna haul in from four days of trick or treating, like Sean said the other day, we've got things basically all the time now where people are dropping off candy in the middle of the night at our house. We're getting booed by people.
3: Bogus is two young children who are adorable and smart yeah. and well behaved, and they're they're great young you know young Americans. <laughs> are gonna be ruthlessly taunted the rest of their lives because they will have given out the pretzels. I, I'm still living down crap like that from when I was in fourth grade or something like that. You never live that down.
2: You, uh, you're right. Luckily, my dad always overloaded candy, so I don't have to worry about that. But you're asking for your son to deal with wedgies by the time he gets to high school, and you don't want to be and that's a the, wedgie and that's kid. the tip of
3: the iceberg. Yeah, you don't. you don't want that. I'd be surprised if your daughter could get a date after that.
1: I mean, that actually was good news. <laughs> okay. you're, keep, you're selling me on pretzels, right? With that one, the wedgies thing's a little more of my
0: concern. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20 percent versus AT and T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
1: Sure, now it is going to be, whole. you know, I'm going to pseudo-fix this. So we're not going to be the house that forever gave out pretzels. You no, know, it's a stain. But even a one-year blip's an, an issue. S-
2: Instead, you don't have any extras. The pretzels are gone. I wanted to do a little more of a deep dive into this scenario because I feel like we quickly glossed over it and didn't do enough of it on Monday's Football Reaction Show. You left the bowl of pretzels out. Is it
1: of your belief the pretzels are gone while we celebrated that because somebody came through and swiped a bunch at once? So I still, we're now 48 hours removed from Halloween. I have not, I guess, done my part in going back and scanning through hours of doorbell camera footage. But I mean... My phone buzzes. I get an alert when my doorbell camera is initiated by somebody being at my front door. And I got a lot of those little buzzes Sunday as we were walking around the neighborhood, not home. And my neighbor confirmed that she gave out more candy than she ever has before. Had to go to her secondary supply to finish handing candy out on Sunday afternoon slash evening. So I I think the pretzels were mostly honestly taken. There might have been a couple of grubby hands that took more than they should have. But I don't think one or two kids showed up, dumped the entire tub in their bags and moved on. A legit number of people showed up and, I guess, happily took pretzels. Now, is there a part of your wife
2: now that regrets not going candy, knowing all the pretzels went and she wouldn't have been left with the leftovers?
1: No, because she didn't didn't necessarily want to eat the pretzels afterwards she just didn't want to have the more tempting candy in the house to not gotcha. eat so she's not disappointed that the pretzels are gone um she's 99% proud that she won which she always they always win Sean they always win which is amazing and she won again because the pretzels were taken i mean i took a lot of crap from our neighborhood friends walking around sunday because both Katie and myself shared the show video of us taking shots or me. I'm going to put my foot down and get candy and whatnot. So I, I I heard some heat Sunday before we knew what was going on. Then walking back to the house Sunday night, I was the last of the four of us, my wife and two kids, because I was dragging the cart of goods and bent coolers and sweatshirts sure. behind me. So my daughter and son go running ahead and I hear, they're all gone. They're all gone. And my daughter shows up <laughs> with an empty bin of pretzels and then all I've all my my son who's 7 actually goes now you better say this on the radio tomorrow like wow. tough guy defending his mom like see mom was right so Good i mean for him. i took a big L sunday and my wife wins again what what time did you return home to find the pretzels gone um 7:30
2: okay so later so the reason i bring this up is one of our loyal listeners tommy topspin was very active with yeah. you and i On Twitter. Now, full disclosure, if you're listening to this, Tommy, I saw your tweets. I didn't have time to listen to them. I had a little bit of a, you know, personal incident with my daughter at the end of Halloween that kind of kept me from social media reaction. Not Don Candy, though, thankfully. No, not Don Candy. No, she had a little bit of an allergic reaction at the end of Halloween, so we had to take care of that. But the reason I bring this up is Tommy Topspin was basically talking about, because you and I had conversed earlier about Halloween and, like, What do you mean? You guys are out already? You know, I'm only getting out now. And it was like 5.30. It's like, it's you know, you go out at this time. And it's so funny because we had brought up on the show about Halloween on a full day Saturday, Halloween on a football Sunday. And I had bought 120 full-size candy bars, you know, ranging from Twix to Reese's Take Fives. Mm. There was not a one left by 6 p.m. And Tommy Topspin's only going out at 5.30. We had waves of trick-or-treaters starting right around 1 p.m. And it was very hot and heavy till about five. And really, my neighborhood here and there, but essentially died off by the time halftime of the late window NFL games had come down. You know, the usual it gets dark trick-or-treating that you get after school. In my neighborhood, personally, wasn't existent. Yet, we went through more candy than anything. Like, that's how early it was. And Tommy Topspin, who said he lives up in Connecticut, couldn't believe that in our neck of the woods it was all daytime trick-or-treating. We're up by him. It was all nighttime which is crazy, the difference in regionalization. Me and you live close, but not
1: that close, that we all had the same idea, and it was early trick-or-treating. I mean, I'm, I, I don't know if I'm impressed or disappointed and worried about Tommy's kids, impressed that he's got them under control or worried that he's got them under too much control. Right. Because What did they do all day? I would have gotten stabbed by one of my kids if I said, we're not going out until 5 o'clock. I mean, they were ready to go at nine thirty in the morning. We were right. lucky that, like we, they didn't even go to, to their soccer game because they wanted to start Halloween as early as possible. We left our house at I think two o'clock, and they were probably I'd say there were six families in our base group walking around, and then every once in a while somebody would tag on for a little right. bit and then break off again. So we probably had somewhere between I'd say we had twenty people on average in our huge group right. walking down the street. And we're walking, and I'm. We, again, we left at 2 o'clock. Like, I was planning on 4 o'clock, like right. two hours, a good two hours of walking around. And all of a sudden, somebody joking was like, hey, let's go back to the house. We were ending at our friend's house for pizza and dinner and just to stop walking at one point. And somebody said it, and I thought they were joking. And then, like, three of the moms were like, yeah, I've had enough. And this was only, like, 90 minutes in. So we did, like, one more, like, loop of a block or two. And then we were done after two hours of trick or treating, and my kids had like a shopping bag full of candy. I right. mean, we could not have gotten more candy, but they would, and they didn't complain. And we were done, and we got home at, like I said, seven seven thirty, and my bell didn't ring once after that. Yeah, Art same were deal. Done,
2: same deal. We we took my daughter out of her costume, which is when we discovered this allergic reaction at about. or so, and I still had people over because, you know, we have the kids, so everybody, the grandparents and aunts and uncles, Yeah, and I I had mentioned this. I put a couple TVs in my driveway, lit a fire to be welcoming for trick-or-treaters, so whoever was trick-or-treating came trick-or-treating with my daughter. Whoever wanted to be back at the house, they were in charge of handing out candy, but then they were still watching football and whatnot. That was kind of the best of both worlds we had, but by 5.30, everybody was still staying, hanging out, having some drinks and stuff, but we had to get my daughter in a bath because she was sticky and at everybody's house, and that's when we discovered this. And I'm telling you, I had to, you know, take her to go handle that, but I even spoke to you know, whoever cleaned up at my house. I said, Did anybody come by? They said, basically after the time you left at five three, we didn't yeah. really get
1: anybody else. So everybody was coming in those early waves. So right. I mean and there were not even there weren't even older kids right. out later at night. And even walking the two or three blocks right. from our friend's house to our house, I think we passed like two other people. Like we were it was yeah. just it was over.
2: So the nighttime thing is definitely a, a school night thing. And we talked about how we prefer a Halloween on a school night. I think yeah. I would be in the camp of you, but Man, if you're Tommy Topspin or any of our loyal listeners
1: that tweeted us and you guys only really started to go out at night on the weekend, I think you really missed the boat. Yeah. Although I will say about our weekday weekend thing, and I didn't mention it on the air, in retrospect, we are lucky in that. all My wife, too, and you and I, obviously, and all of us on the show, like our days are over Early in the afternoon. Oh like, right, we not f- nine to five in right. Russian. So if you're if you're working in an office until five five thirty, you're probably begging for a holiday, a Halloween weekend, so you can see your kids trick <laughs> or treat. So I get that everybody's situation is a little bit different, but the way ours is set up for me, a weekday is much better.
2: So on that, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because we've made a lot of jokes, well, some of which are, are own self inflicting about my fatherhood and and priorities mm. with football and everything like this. I will tell you that watching Taylor Trick or Treat for the first time, cuz she got it. She walks, she talks, she knocks on the door. She's only going to be 2 in December, but she gets it, you yeah. know? Uh was one of the coolest days of my life, Sunday. Really yeah, was Halloween's before great. the ending. It's awesome. Like I I felt so reinvigorated that the days of getting beaten with a flower sock were over like You're back. I I nearly got welled up in tears a couple times watching how excited she was like it really was like this is awesome. And I can't wait for Peyton to be old enough yeah. to do it. And I did not No, I kept—be fair, because we would do a block, come back to the house, check in. I was very much aware it was going on. I saw the end of the 1 o'clocks, but I didn't miss the sitting down for 12 hours and watching football. I would prefer it not be on a football Sunday for sure, but it was amazing to me to experience that. So when talking about—the reason I bring this up is you talk about how we get out early and, you know, we understand school lines for parents. I firmly believe this. If I was working in another industry, if sports radio was not my thing and we were not doing morning radio— I think that would be a vacation day I would use for myself every year now while my kids trick or treat. I really yeah. do. While they're little like this. Yeah, little for sure. Sweet. No, yeah. yeah. Now, look, they're teenagers, and they go out throwing toilet paper in everybody's house. Right. Whatever. I'm going to work. But, yeah, I don't think if I'm, if I'm a parent – and now, again, look, not every job is the same. You know, you get crap or whatever, work meetings and stuff. But if you have personal days, holiday days – I think I discovered, like, if I ever was in a situation where I'm working late, I'm taking one of those days on Halloween, and I don't care, because I'm not missing this in my kid. Yeah. That's how much I thought it was awesome. Yeah, people also have, like, fancy jobs where you can take a like half a day off.
1: Take a half a day off. Right,
2: exactly. It's Exactly. A- oh. So, like, you're right. We don't have to worry about that because we work mornings. I'm hoping, knock on knock, I don't have to worry about that for the next right 10 years, however long this goes with my kids. But, yeah, I would never,
1: ever, ever give that up. So, folks, change man as a father. I like it. Baby steps. Baby steps, literally. It's it's okay. You'll be like you're okay with that football. Now I think too, again, the wild card remains there was no giant game. That's so that's that's a built in escape clause for your There your is turn no here. doubt about it. The ultimate
2: we can never have the question answered because we would never know. The Giants played Monday night football and right. I didn't miss it. Uh I might have been in Tommy Topspin's camp if the Giants were a 1 o'clock game. Maybe it would have been, hey, kids, we're going out at 4. <laughs> yeah. If the Giants what? were at 4, maybe it would have been, hey, yeah. kids, we're going out at 10. Forget kegs and eggs. We're doing trick-or-treating and eggs at right. nine thirty exactly. in the morning. Uh, but I would make it work. I, and, and by the way, what are we, we're we probably five, six years away from it happening on a Sunday again, and my kids will be right in a wheelhouse again of being young. Yeah.
1: Let's root Thursday or Monday night game again for the Giants. I mean, I I thought about it for a second Sunday morning. I don't think I could pull it off, but it would be Theoretic, if I was handy... You're probably out, by the way, the next time it's football Sunday. What do you mean? As far as... From... Yeah, by the time it circles back around and a Giant game, my daughter for sure, because she'd be she'd be in high school. Right. Oh, my son would be 15. My, I'd probably be, be careful of my son going out and beating up somebody like you with right? flower socks. No, but, or, yeah, but, but I'm sure that's out with your friends at that point.
2: Yeah. So you're probably out. This I'm is probably the last survive football, my last one. Which is sad to think about, but yeah, if you football Sundays, you probably yeah.
1: survived your last one. So gonna say, I was going to say, I thought for a second I could... Could have rigged up my little wagon with a power supply, right? And a mini, and a smaller TV, and like my Fire Stick, and just walked around the neighborhood with Red Zone going. I would have been the coolest dad in the neighborhood, right? But that would have taken a little more construction than I'm capable yeah, of. Yeah, fair. You don't want so, to, you don't want
2: to overcomplicate things. True, true.
1: All right, Bogues, you follow you on Twitter? Why is Pete staring at us? I don't
2: right? know. Pete the body has walked in, and he's just staring at us. Like yeah, I don't, I don't like know. Like if- it. He's getting a little more pounds or he's about to fire us. I don't know, but so we better wrap Ooh, this up. Okay. At uh, Andrew Bogish. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at MrazCBS. Have a great week, everyone.